Good news, everybody. This podcast is still being sponsored by Huntington University, which means if you are a Comet season ticket holder, you can still take advantage of 25% off all tuition. 25% off all tuition. All you have to do is go to the Huntington University admissions office and you can take advantage of that. It is open to everybody if you're a season ticket holder. So, Now that we know what we're doing, we know what you got to do. You got to go to Huntington University, take advantage of that offer so we can keep on giving you this podcast, which is what we're going to do right now. It is time for a new episode of the Huntington University Comets podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this today or tomorrow or next week or next month or even next year. That's the beauty of a podcast. You can go back and listen to it anytime you want. And I hope uh, the way we kind of set up these interviews, uh, everything is relevant. You can go back and uh, listen to uh, stories and and have a good laugh and uh, maybe be terrified in a few spots. I don't know. But that's what's great about this show. And uh, we have done 40 of these. This is number 41. Uh, So uh, thanks again for listening and making this happen. Because uh, if you guys weren't listening, we couldn't keep on doing it. And I'm glad uh, that everybody is enjoying it. Now, today on the show, we have got goaltender Cole Kaler. Yes, Cole Kaler, that is his name. We didn't know that, apparently, at the start of the season. Everybody was calling him Cole Keeler. And you would be surprised how often this happens because uh, players move around, uh, information is kind of shared between teams, and sometimes pronunciations and also spellings of names also kind of get mishandled. Uh, So this is what happened in this case. Uh, Everyone told us that it was Keeler. That's where he went by, and Cole was nice enough never to uh, point that out. He's such a nice guy, but after we did this interview, he went ahead and say hey you know it's it's Kaler so I kind of felt like a fool but uh, I also know that it happens and it has been corrected so we don't have a new goalie it is the same guy but it's Cole Kaler Kaler K-E-H-L-E-R but it's Kaler not Keeler anymore actually I thought it was Keller back uh, when we first uh, uh, met but it's actually it is Kaler so uh, now that we got that out of the way uh, the the interview was great uh, Cole is a really cool dude uh, he has uh, been around a little bit even though uh, you know he's pretty young he's only only 22 years old but uh, he's certainly seen a lot of uh, hockey and he's also seen a lot of baseball he's a big was a big baseball player he also knows a lot about tractors which we will get into as well so let's go let's go with uh, Cole Kaler here on the Huntington University Comets Podcast. You are not sick, unlike everybody else. It seems like right now. Yeah, we're uh, we're pretty short bodies, but luckily I've stayed healthy, and <laughs> I'm hoping to stay that way. Now, do you get paranoid at this point since you have not gotten anything? <laughs> um, a little bit worried, but I did have actually a little bit of sickness before Christmas break. I yeah. had pink eye, so. Um, but that was before the break and that was just eye drops and stuff. So right, right. nothing too serious. At least I'm not, you know, puking anything up yet. And, uh, hopefully we can stay on that track. Yeah. That's gotta be, you know, almost power of suggestion. Everyone is sick around you and you're like, you, one cough makes you freak out probably. Yeah, yeah no, for sure. There's guys <laughs> coughing all over the room and I'm like running away from them, trying not to touch their stuff. So no, hopefully we can stay healthy. Yeah, pink eye. That's another one that seems to take its t- t- toll around the locker room every year. Yeah. That's another one. Yeah, that was a tough one too. I mean, I think it was right at the end of the road trip in Idaho. Yeah. And I woke up the morning of our flight back home, and sure enough, my eyes were red, and I was like, oh, maybe I'm just tired. I haven't yeah. been sleeping right. We've been on the road for 12 days, yeah. whatever it was, and then got home, and it kept lasting, so I went to the doctor. I think it was the first time I've been to an urgent care clinic in right. like seven years, right? <laughs> and uh, yeah, sure enough, I got my prescription, but 
at least we had a few days off so I could rest up and I was good for yeah, the weekend. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, you don't you don't realize when you guys are in closed quarters like that, you're on buses and everything else and you guys obviously have roommates and mm-hmm. it just it just seems to just go around and it seems like there's no end to it, which really is awful, other than sending everybody home for a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh it's not easy to stay away from it, that's for sure. But yeah. uh you just gotta do your best, gotta try and eat healthy. That's I think the Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the thing. Eat healthy and get lots of fluids. Matt's always telling us to get a lot of fluids in. Yeah, yeah. And you're a goalie, so you have to really drink it up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> hey, if uh, if the goalie's sick, that's not good. Usually yeah. we're a little bit of a factor in the game, so we got to try to stay healthy. Yeah, yeah. And you guys are always – the goalies are a little off anyway, so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah you might think I'm sick if you just bumped into me and right. talked to me, right? So. And it's funny, and that's uh, – you know, goalies have always – I was a goalie growing up, so I'm a little weird too. Um, but, you know, they're always just, just a little off, but there's some guys who are – who are just warriors who go out there and play through anything, but then there's guys who I have a hangnail, I can't go out there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's weird. It's, it's almost like pitchers, yeah, same thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You know, a little bit quirky. And, you yeah. know, the funny thing is, is, you know, I was actually, I was a pitcher growing up. Oh, really? Baseball. Yeah, I played baseball until I was 18 years old. So um, I was a pitcher and I was a goalie. So I played the two, I guess, most pressure-packed positions. But uh, it's I think those are the most fun positions. Yeah. You know, because I think you have a big, you know, factor in the game no matter what spot you're in yeah and i think that's really cool and really fun but at the same time even though they have such a big influence they're both different because as a pitcher you determine everything yeah right you're you're throwing the pitch you're deciding you know you're determining what's coming at the batter whereas opposed now you're the goal right you're the hitter essentially yeah now now i'm the hitter right so they're teeing off on me so even though they're they're most most pressure packed they're kind of total opposite in a sense yeah which is interesting yeah so, okay, so let's go to the pitching. You were lefty, I assume? Yeah, I was a lefty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, I'm sure coaches liked you because you were a lefty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it definitely helped. And, uh, you know, I had my shoulder was always bugging me growing up, so I had to kind of change my arm slot as I got older. Yeah. So my two-seam ended up kind of being my go-to. Had a nice little tail. Oh, wow, two-seamer. Yeah. Did you throw yeah. a four-seamer too? I did throw a four-seam, yeah. two-seam change-up, and then I had a bit of a slider. So. Look at that. Yeah. Man, you were a – toolkit back around. <laughs> Check that out. I, I tried to be. I tried to be. I might be talking myself up a yeah. little too much yeah. here. Yeah. But. Did, you, did you get on the gun? What was the fastball like? Uh, fastball, I was more of a placement guy. I was just low 80s. Yeah. I mean, I, well, never, I never took any um, like coaching, really. Yeah. I just kind of, it was just something I'd pick up in the summers and do for fun, but uh, um, no coaching, but, you know, didn't throw the hardest, but I knew where to put it. Luckily, yeah, which man, if, me, so. yeah, moving on a fastball, you gotta, you gotta, all you need is a changeup in a fastball. I've always said that's all you need. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is what you really need. need. That is what you need. Yeah, if you can execute those two pitches, you will, you'll be fine. Yeah. So okay, well, okay, pitching and, and hockey, we've we've connected these two. So what? Um, I mean, I guess what you said, you know, you're you're in the pressure the pressure pack situation. Um, is it harder to be a goalie or a pitcher? Um. I think being a goalie is just a little bit tougher than being a pitcher. Yeah. You know, I always found because it's just you really. Cause, back yeah, there. it's just me. And you know, it's, it's just different. I mean, as a pitcher, your mistakes maybe don't show up as much because yeah. you have a whole team. You have eight guys behind you yeah. to help you out. And as a goalie, the only thing behind me is an open net. Yeah. <laughs> you <know>? right? <laughs> so, you know, when I make a mistake, it shows up on the scoreboard. Whereas a pitcher, you know what? I might throw a bad pitch, but you know, my shortstop might make a great play and yeah. it ends up, you know, nothing happens. Right? Yeah. Um, so I would say goaltending is definitely tougher. Um, it's definitely tougher to stay consistent in goaltending. Yeah. Um, I think that's the biggest challenge of the position. Um, as you get to the pro level and as you progress, every guy, even in this league, you know, everybody can stop a puck. They all know how to do it. And I think that's been proven here this year, yeah. and, you know, with the three guys, yeah. you know, Fergie's had really good games, and I think even Matty Vlalto was down here, yeah. and he had some good games. I've had some good stretches, and Patty Munson stepped in and had some good stretches. So, you know, everybody's capable, but I think the consistency is probably the biggest biggest thing in the game, and, and that's the biggest thing you try to strive for. Yeah. Now, you uh, grew up in Canada, right? Yeah. Right. So, uh, difference between baseball and Canada? Uh, I mean, obviously, the two sports are, are very different uh, in Canada, but did, was there never a, a situation where, you know what, I think I might want to try baseball, but is it the fact that you were just in Canada? Um, I think hockey is always a thing. Um, you know, when I was, pro- I think I was 15 years old when I left home for hockey, 
and uh, I remember our high school team, we were in the provincial championships, and I flew out, so we had three games the final day. We had the quarters in the morning, so I, I played the game in the morning, I pitched, we won, and then we were in Brandon, Manitoba, which is about hour 45, two hours from Winnipeg, and right after that game, me and my parents, we drove to Winnipeg, and we actually flew out to, to a school in BC, and uh, and toured that, and then I just after that visit, I kind of decided, you know what, I'm all in on hockey. Yeah, you know that was kind of when I decided it was obviously pretty young, but I think my heart was always with hockey. Yeah. you know, just naturally, like you say in Canada, that's kind of yeah. kind of the sport, right? So, so for me, it was always it was always going to be hockey. I think that's where my heart always was, and that was what I loved to do the most. So that kind of took over pretty young. Yeah, yeah. So, but I mean, you were a pretty good baseball player. I mean, was there any other interest like it? Because you said you're still playing when you're 18. I mean, there's still time, I guess, for yeah. you to even change your mind. <laughs> yeah, no, there there was not a, not a whole lot of extra interest, but I never really looked for any other yeah. other options in the sport. I mean, I could have gone to maybe a couple schools within Canada that were CIS or yeah. things like that. But, you know, I never really pushed for it. You know, I didn't do many of the extra teams, you know, many of the extra AAA programs. I never really went to the tryouts. It was more get in the gym and yeah. get on the ice, you know, because, you know, nowadays hockey is a, a 365-day yeah. sport, right? So, you know, you got to be ready. And even at a younger age now, um, you know, I'm sure it's even more extreme for kids these days. But when I was growing up, it was once July hits, you're back on the ice. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that kind of took over. And I think that took a lot of the focus away from baseball. Um, and, you know, it just kind of let the love of the game grow from there. Yeah. Were you always a goalie? Um, for the most part, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I always like to ask to see how yeah. that happens. Not guys always start out that way. Yeah. Well, when you when we started hockey, obviously, everybody's just on the, in their player yeah. year or whatever, and you're just like little guys. You're five years old. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you'd always have a guy go stand in the net, and he'd yeah. be there. And for our team, it was nice because you'd at least get a goalie stick if you're in the net. You'd be in your player <laughs> gear. You're just this guy standing there, but you'd get a goalie <laughs> stick. And the way we would do it on our teams was our, our coach would – you know, gather us all in and he'd be like, who wants to be goalie? And whoever could raise their hand the fastest would be the goalie. And I don't think I lost ever. <laughs> <laughs> I always, uh, I don't know what it was about the position, but I just always enjoyed it. I think maybe the fact that I had a knack for it kind of yeah. helped that. Yeah. You know, I think it was probably the most enjoyable because that was the position I was the best at. But uh, from young on, I knew I wanted to be a goalie. And, you know, the first chance I got to be a full-time goalie, that's, you know, that's yeah. straight where I went in. Yeah. I, I liked playing goal because I realized I was the only guy who didn't have to leave the ice. I never yeah. wanted I never wanted to get off, and so it's like when I would skate out, it's like Shane, you have to you have to come off eventually. Like, <laughs> no, I don't I, I don't know any, any, any yeah. difference. You know, you're a kid. Yeah, yeah, no, it is. That's definitely a perk of the position is you don't miss a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah which is nice. I always tell the guys, you know, I'm on the penalty kill, I'm on the power play, yeah. five on five, I play everything. Yeah, I don't hear you guys complain. What do yeah. you? Yeah, yeah, everybody's worried about their special teams minutes. I'm like, hey, I got them all. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. So, so oh, you're a lefty too. Let's talk about that. I know you're probably tired of talking about that because you're the rare right catching goaltender. Yeah. So it's it's still a little freaky every day even when I see you. But there's even another one in the league, Alex Dorio, and you guys have played against each other. Obviously, opposed yeah. each other, which is even astronomically weird because you guys are both right catching goalies. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. You know, there's not a lot of guys, and the funny thing is too is. Um, being in LA system when I am up in Ontario, actually like Cal Peterson, yeah. he's also, yeah. he's, he's a right yeah. as well. Right. So, um, yeah, it's interesting. And, um, you know, I don't know the rhyme or reason as to why, you yeah. know, but for me, it works. People often ask if it gives me an advantage or yeah. anything like that. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just catch with the other hand, right. right? You know, there's, right. there's not a lot, whole lot to it, but a perk for me is that I'm a natural right-handed shot, so for playing the puck, it yeah. makes it a lot easier. Yeah. I don't have to switch anything up, which is really nice. Well, to use another uh, a, a baseball analogy, like a first baseman. Yeah. You know, if you're a right-handed first baseman, you're useless over there. you got to be a yeah. lefty. <laughs> exactly. Well, being a lefty helps, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 So, <clears throat> so is it hard to get gear? Was it hard to find equipment? Finding gear. Or at least a catching glove. <laughs> you could always find it, but the thing is a goaltender is we're all – well, most guys are a little bit particular. Yeah. And so finding gear off the shelf is not maybe the easiest. Finding used gear is probably your best bet yeah. when you're younger. But I always found when I started having to custom order gear, 
it would always take a little bit longer. You know, I get my pads and then my blocker would come and then my glove would show up a little bit later or yeah. something would be a little <laughs> right. bit off. And I always find now, even in pro, um, when I order my gear and I always find with the glove is it's hard to find consistency Yeah. because companies will hand make it and custom make it. And, you know, I don't think they're overly used to making gloves for the yeah. other hand. Right. Yeah. So I always find the consistency is a little bit off, which is kind of interesting. Whereas I'll put on a glove on the other hand and I'll try it on and I'll try another guy's on the next time. And it'll be the same one. And I'm like, man, like that feels the same every yeah. single time. Whereas I get mine and I'm still using my game glove from last season. And it's yeah. basically like a road hockey catcher right now. Oh, really? It has like no protection left, nothing. <laughs> but I've had probably four or five gloves since then, and not one of them feels like that one. Yeah. And I just can't get my mind to switch to it. Really? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, that's, and that's when you get attached to gear, I mean, same thing with baseball gloves. Uh, you know, you don't like to give them up, especially when they're comfortable. And you know you have to break them in, which is also the horrible thing about mm. it too. So is there like when you get one, I mean, it's really stiff. I mean, it's, is it, what do you have to do to break it in? Um, I'm pretty simple with it. I'll just throw, um, like a softball. Yeah. Like, and then, you know, like, wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, I'll wrap it up with tape and yeah. then, but I always do it like the same way because yeah. I want it to have like that certain shape. Right. Yeah. So, and to be honest, I've gotten to the point where I'll just do that after every skate now, even if the glove's fully broken in, I'll put the ball back in, I'll just yeah. tape it up just to keep the shape of the glove over time. And I find too, it also helps while we're traveling a lot. Because if you throw in the bag and it's loose and yeah. it doesn't have any anything in it or it's not held together, then you might pull it out, especially after you play a game and you get on the bus, you throw it under the under the under the bus and you show up to the next building and your gloves in there are wet and it might get crunched around and yeah. stuff and if there's nothing to hold the shape together, I'll put it on the next day and I'll be like, Oh, I gotta take <laughs> twenty, thirty shots just to get it back into where it should be. Yeah. So I think it just makes it easier if you have some consistency with it. Yeah, yeah. When I would get a new glove I used to sit on it. I know it sounds weird, yeah. but it just it would keep it yeah. you know, in place for, you know, I would just be doing my homework or whatever. And I was a kid and I would just be sitting on yeah. it. Oh, just to get it softened up in. a little bit. Yeah, too, yeah. Right? You, yeah. And I, you would just yeah. work it in, just yeah. work it and work it and work it. Yeah. And my dad used to put a little bit of glove oil on it, a little bit of leather oil and put it in the oven to soften it up. Yeah, well, and that, you know. One thing I'm thinking of trying is a lot of guys say they put it in the skate oven. The yeah, first exactly. Times, yeah, right? heat it up. So, yep. Yeah. yeah, heat it up. So I think I yeah. might have to give that a go. I've never, I've never gone that route, but I gotta try that. Yeah, out, it I does think. work. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> well, we work. got proof now. We got evidence. So, <laughs> right on, right on. So, uh, Alberta or Manitoba? Yeah. Manitoba. Yeah. So Altona, Al Manitoba? Oh, yeah, Altona, Manitoba. Altona. Yeah. So what is there to do in Altona, Manitoba? Um, <laughs> you know what? Uh, life moves a little slower back home, but uh, no, it's uh, it's probably my favorite place on earth. Uh, I make sure I get back there every summer. Um, the people there are some of the best in the world. I think it's a, it's a very authentic place to live. Um, you know, in the summertime, baseball is very big. It is a yeah. big baseball town. That's probably why oh, I really? got into it. Yeah, we're probably a bigger baseball town than a hockey town. Really? Yeah. Now, where is it located? What's geography-wise? Um, geography-wise, so Winnipeg, Manitoba is the capital, and they're an hour north of us. Okay. And actually, Altona is, I think, six or eight miles from the Canada-U.S. border. Okay. So for people in the States, uh, Grand Forks, North Dakota would be about an hour 20. Fargo would be about three hours to the south. Okay. And then Minneapolis would be about six hours south. Okay. So uh, pretty centrally located, which, yeah. is, which is nice, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a slower pace of life, but uh, it's a very it's a blue collar town. Um, Agriculture is definitely yeah. you know definitely drives the town, and uh, it's a lot of hardworking, honest people there. Yeah, playing baseball in the cold, I hated that. That's, <laughs> so I can't yeah. imagine having a game in March in <laughs> it, Manitoba. It wasn't it wasn't <laughs> ideal. I mean, I didn't mind it too much, but yeah. I think it was more so my mom who had to sit there yeah. <laughs> sit there in her lawn chair with you know yeah. a jacket and a couple blankets yeah. on, you know. That was always a little bit tougher. Well, and you're a pitcher. You can get warm pretty fast, too. Yeah, know. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so it wasn't too bad. Yeah. So your folks still there? Yeah. Still there? Um, yeah. My parents, uh, they're still living in the area. My brother and my sister, they're they are all back home still. So uh, there's always lots to come home to and lots to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. So what's mom and dad doing in Manitoba. Um, uh, well, actually, we uh, we have four uh, John Deere dealerships. Really? Yeah. So uh, so agriculture's always yeah. been, a, been a part of the life and. Uh, um, lots of green. <laughs> lots got, a lot, of green. got a lot of hats. Got yeah, a lot of, a lot of, of hats, John Deere hats. A lot of John Deere hats. Yeah. A lot of little things like that. Uh, so no, Dad's been uh, very busy with the business over the years, building that and uh, and working to keep that going strong and steady. So about oh, four, de four dealerships. And so it's 
everything the John Deere line. It's yeah, every, yeah. Everything. So, uh, well, there's there's a farm show in town, I think, yeah. right now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm gonna go check that out and uh, <laughs> see what that's all about. Send some reports back if uh, yeah. if there's anything new coming yeah. out. Oh, neat. Did you ever work on a farm, or was it just just um, the dealership? Just a little bit at the dealership. I did a little bit of yard work and stuff growing up. Um, if you ask my brother, he'd probably disagree. <laughs> he always <laughs> thought I kind of got out of it pretty easy. Um, you know, I was I was very focused on hockey when right. I was younger. And, uh, you know, luckily for me, you know, my dad's very hardworking and, you know, wanted to instill a work ethic when we were young. Yeah. But, uh, you know, luckily for me, I think he noticed how much passion I had for hockey. And, uh, you know, I, I did work very hard at it and he worked very hard to give me every opportunity that I could to succeed at it. So I spent a lot more time in hockey rinks and in vehicles traveling and, uh, things like that growing <laughs> up. I did have a little bit on the side, but, uh, it was, it was a lot of hockey growing up. Yeah. So do you know everything about these machines? Is, is your dad <laughs> well, I you probably... going to the farm show and you're like, oh, okay, I need to call dad. <laughs> Look at this thing. <laughs> I, I need to call him to help me out now. I probably, I honestly probably knew more about farming when I was 12 than I do now, <laughs> but, uh, it's been, it's been so long since I've been, you know, more yeah. intertwined in it. Yeah. But uh, it's definitely, it's always been a big part of my life. It's big, heavy machinery, man. It's, yeah. Yeah. You're in Indiana. It's a farm. Yeah. 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 No, yeah. it's uh, it's an agricultural yeah, place yeah. as well. Now I'm upset that we don't play in Quad City anymore because the John Deere Museum and yeah. all that stuff is there. That would be, that'd be a big drawing card. I think my parents would be down for that every yeah, time. My dad yeah. would love that. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was right across the, the street from the arena too. Yeah. 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 So that's pretty cool. Now we got to figure out how to get to Quad City. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So you got uh, it's your uh, said brothers, brothers, um, yeah. I got a brother and a sister, yeah. Okay. And what are they? What are they? Are they into hockey? Um, <laughs> no, my brother he did play hockey growing up. Yeah, uh, he had uh, some some injury troubles, so he uh, after high school he ended up just going to college and uh, ended up getting a job. And now he's he's working in parts in in our business, so yeah. he's staying busy with that. And my sister is now a mom, so oh, uncle uncle Cole. Yeah, I'm Uncle Cole. Yeah, yeah. so uh, she's busy. Uh, got a little boy max and a little girl georgia so she's busy taking care of them right now are you in the middle or are you um, no, i'm the youngest you're the youngest yeah, you're the, I'm baby. the youngest okay. yeah that's probably why i got out a little bit of the work when i was young and you got the, old, the older brother and the middle sister uh no um, middle it? brother older sister. older sister yeah, she's okay the oldest. Oh, yeah. she's the oldest okay yeah. okay so yeah your brother did take a lot of the work then i'm guessing yeah 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 he definitely <laughs> did but uh he's handling it really well yeah so. yeah so well, good well, what's it like being an uncle so you should two kids you yeah said? well yeah. sister has two and actually brother, brother has, one has one. Now. oh yeah okay. yeah so. so uh it's uh it's really cool um they're uh those kids are pretty special um you know every time you get to go home and visit them and, and see them it puts a smile on your face so you know they're they're definitely a big part of our lives now that's for sure it's uh it's crazy how fast they can take over but uh it's awesome do you ever get uh dumped with babysitting duties um i think i've babysat <laughs> once and it was for like 30 minutes kind of like how you got out of the the, the yard work I'm yeah guessing. yeah well my sister had to go uptown to pick something up and you know one was napping one was awake and she was like i don't think she'll wake up but like if she does just hold her and I, and of course, like as soon as she right. leaves, she wakes up. Right. right. So I go and I grab Georgia out of her crib and I'm holding her and she's just screaming. And I'm like, Oh, this is not good. This is not good. But luckily I calmed her down. I sat on the couch with her. And then the next problem was, is I'm holding her and I'm like, well, I can't put her down yeah. because then she's going to cry again. And Max, little guy who wants to watch a show on TV, and I couldn't figure out how to get the Netflix going. <laughs> so my sister walks back in the door, and Max is just like doe-eyed looking at her like, Mommy, <laughs> this, this guy's horrible. <laughs> yeah, this guy, you can't do anything. I was like, oh, yeah. But no, it all worked out. Everybody stayed alive, and, you know, luckily. We and were at the end of the day, that's what it's all yeah, about. Yeah, that's what it's the, all about. Everything, all, everything else can be fixed. Yeah, yeah. We held the fort down. You know, we held the fort down, which is big. Oh, so yeah, so uh, no kids in your future anytime soon. <laughs> Sometimes always like, you know, I thought I wanted to have kids, but I'm not so sure anymore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's tougher than it looks. Especially when you have two little ones. Yeah. That's, that, you're just asking for trouble there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool, man. Well, how you liking Fort Wayne? Um, I'm enjoying it so far. It's, uh, it's a change in pace. I've been playing on the West Coast for a long time. Yeah. So uh, it almost feels like coming back home, you know, just the way the community is and the way the people are here. Uh, you know, it's, uh, I would say it's a bit more of a blue collar town yeah. and blue collar mentality, which is, uh, which is cool. And, you know, we get a ton of fan support, which you don't see everywhere in the East coast hockey league. I mean, 
I played in Manchester last year, a team that's now folded. Yeah, I was but, just going to bring uh, that up. Yeah, yeah big but, difference. But being there, I remember when I'd back up games last year, I would count the people in the stands. <laughs> and there was times where I'd count like 40 or 45 people on the really? far side during the National Anthem. Like it was that empty. And oh. they've got a rink like ours where yeah. it's big. It yeah. seats 10, 10 11,000 people, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a big change, that's for sure, having the fan support. So that's <clears throat> got to be – a little disconcerting when you're fired up for a game and you realize no one is in the seats. Yeah, you're, you're in the room, it. the music's loud, everybody's yeah. ready to go, yeah. and then you walk out the tunnel and it's like you can just hear a pin drop. <laughs> right. You know, whereas opposed to here, you come out and you've got, you know, I think we average like 7,800 a night, 8,000 yeah. a night, right? So yeah. it's uh, it's totally different and it's it's really cool to be a part of that atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's got to be. Yeah, a little weird. <laughs> you yeah. Walk out. yeah, it's it's different, that's yeah. for sure. And plus, you know, when there's no one in the building, the music is really loud and yeah. you know and it does it I it's gotta gotta like bring your enthusiasm down because, you know, in the crowd you, you get behind the crowd or but yeah. some guys are also like, Well, I can play in front of a million people or two people, it doesn't matter, yeah. you know. Yeah, well I think in a sense as a hockey player it's not the worst thing to have to go through because it teaches you you know you have to find ways to get yourself going no yeah. matter what the scenario is because you know even though we're going to play here in front of eight to ten thousand people you know we might go on the road somewhere yeah. and have that same atmosphere yeah. right so being able to do that night in night out at home you find you know i guess different little tricks to find ways to get yourself amped up and and ready to go yeah and uh did the guys kind of some of the guys who well it's only a couple guys kind of clue you in when you got here you know what the atmosphere was like i mean everybody clued me in um but you can't really prepare yourself for it. Yeah. I mean, I'm fortunate in junior hockey. I got to play for the Portland Winterhawks, which is, you know, I would say very similar to this kind of an organization. You know, yeah. they got a long history in that league, and they have very good fan support as well. So I've definitely played in front of big crowds in the past. But, you know, anytime you talk about it or things like that, it's hard to prepare yourself for it. I mean – when you come out for home opener, that was pretty cool. You know, everybody yeah. had the, the little the orange glow sticks, sticks yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, you can tell yourself, okay, it's going to be a big crowd, all this. But once you actually get out there on the ice and, you know, you take a look around, it's uh, it's something different. It's it's a lot of fun. It's pretty special. Yeah, yeah. So do your, have your folks get a chance to see you play? Because you said Portland, Manchester, yeah. Ontario, yeah. not even close to Manitoba. Yeah, no, I've been <laughs> I've been really, really far away. This is the closest I've been, actually. Right. Yeah, I think it's only a 15-hour drive. I say only because every other time it's right. over 20 to 25, right? But, uh, no, they've been fortunate. They've been able to fly out quite a bit over the years and, and see a lot of hockey. Uh, my dad's a big hockey fan and really enjoys watching, so – um, they've been fortunate. They've been able to make a few trips, and they've been able to see me play a couple times every year. So. Yeah. Have they been to Fort Wayne yet? Uh, yeah, they've been to Fort Wayne a bunch, actually. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah they yeah. Uh, they came out. Uh, actually, my mom got to see the shutout, the Bob Memorial game, mm -hmm. which uh, was really, really cool. She got to see that, and then uh, they drove out over the holidays. They had some time off, so okay. they ended up making a bit of a road trip out of it. So. Yeah. If your dad runs the business, he can come anytime, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish that's how it worked. That'd be nice. Okay, well, you mentioned shutouts. Let's talk about what happened in Wheeling. Uh, who knows when you're listening to this, but we had a little incident in Wheeling. We're up 6 to nothing, 24 seconds left. We lose the shutout, and I tell you what, I'm calling the game. And my heart just sank for you, man, because I'm like, oh, I even think I just, I just kind of winced on the air. I'm like, oh. So – a whole gambit of emotions. First, you're mad, and you're probably sad, and then you're like, hey, we won, and it's all 24 seconds because yeah. that's all that was left in the game. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, <laughs> the thing about it is obviously you don't ever want to let in a goal. <laughs> right. And, you know, getting shoutouts is never easy. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate that it happened, but I think, you know, like you said, I was a little bit mad. I was like, oh, come on. And then I was like, you know what? Oh, just disappointed. Right. And then I kind of just reminded myself, you know, the way things have been going the last little stretch, my only goal going into that game, I didn't care if it was 8-7 or if it right, was 6 right. Just get right? a win. I just wanted to get a win and get the two points. And, you know, it, it was nice that it almost happened right at the end because – 24 seconds later all the guys come skating yeah. to you and you know everybody's yeah. giving high fives and fist bumps and yeah. everybody's got a smile on their face because we won the game and got the two points and at the end of the day that was uh, the most important thing <laughs> kind of like losing a no hitter right? yeah exactly <laughs> exactly but you know what we still won the game so yeah so but uh, you know uh 
at the end of that game, there was a penalty, and I know when we got the penalty, I kind of winced too. I'm like, oh, that's not good. Because even I, I'm watching the clock, and I'm like, yeah. you know, and I want to get the shutout too. So, uh, you know, you get a soft call, as I think it was. Uh, <laughs> and then you're, you're, I kind of wince. And then, but you know what? Do, do you get on your, your teammates? Like, you know what? I didn't have to face that shot. You could have cleared that puck out. <laughs> no, I, I don't think that's the route to go. <laughs> um, you know, I think it was Pesh who took the penalty, and yeah. he, he felt so bad. Yeah. I was like, don't worry about it. Yeah. Like, I, The last thing you're trying to do is take a penalty. Like, right. You weren't trying to do anything. You were just trying to play the game hard, and you know what? Things happen. You could have taken a penalty in the first five minutes, and they right. could have scored on that, right? right. So. You know, at the end of the day, it, the guys are all competing. Everybody's giving their best effort, and you know what? Things happen in <laughs> hockey. So yeah. So hey, man, you got two this year. You know, which <laughs> actually, you know what? Since you didn't get it, actually, you know, did let less work for me because I'm in my head. I'm like, all right, I got to look up who got the last who's the last goal. You have three shutouts, and you know, so yeah, we exactly. lost it. So I'm now just, I don't I'm have just to do saving some time. There's here. no, there's yeah, there's no uh, uh, referencing or anything now for me. So thank you, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> so talk about when you you were not drafted, but you got an AHL contract, so you were signed as a free agent, right? Yeah. yeah. So, so how does that – okay, I talk to guys who get drafted, guys who get signed to the ECHL, but you're a different – you know, you got an AHL deal, and that was your first contract, right? Yeah, well, actually, uh, entry-level contract. Entry-level, yeah. yeah NHL. Yeah. So, NHL, so, yeah. Yeah, well, junior hockey was a wild ride for me. Um, it started off pretty picture perfect. Um, coming in, I got drafted to the Western Hockey League. I went to camp. They offered me a contract. I ended up signing it later that winter. Um, I went off to the prep school when I was 16, and actually ended up by the end of November, I got called up back to junior to play in the Western Hockey League and finished out my 16-year-old year there and then got into a battle my 17-year-old year with uh, Connor Ingram, who's a very good goalie mm -hmm. now. Um, he's, I think, playing in Milwaukee. And ended up losing my job in Kamloops, got cut the year after, uh, went and played a year of junior A, and, you know, it went all right or whatever. And um, that summer I ended up get trading from, getting traded from Kamloops to Portland. And uh, right out of camp, my 19-year-old year, I ended up uh, becoming the starter and, you know, had a pretty good year. Um, the Winnipeg Jets invited me to their development camp, and I ended up going to their rookie camp as well in September, um, which was really, really cool, especially because it was Winnipeg being a hometown team. Yeah. And so it was kind of nice to know that, you know, at least I was back on somebody's yeah. radar. Um, and that was going into my overage year, my final year of junior. And, you know... I kind of, I kind of guess I was playing carefree because in junior you get your free schooling for mm -hmm. each year you play. So I had five years of school banked up, and I was like, you know what, if I play well this year, maybe I'll be able to play pro hockey. But if not, you know what, I'm just gonna go play CIS and yeah. get an education. And ended up, you know, we had a really really good hockey team there. Um, we had a lot of good players. We ended up having four first round draft picks on that team, and uh, things kind of just fell into place. Um, had a good month in November, and I talked to LA and um you know I didn't think too much of it but I think it was two or three weeks later they ended up uh I got a call on the bus actually after a road game from my agent just saying hey they want to sign you so yeah I was uh that was pretty cool um it's something that you definitely you dream of growing up and um something that you maybe don't expect to happen yeah because dreams often feel a little bit far-fetched but um it was a really exciting moment personally that's for sure um just to know that there's you know somebody out there who you know believes i can be an nhl goalie someday yeah and, you know and, uh you know getting drafted is a big deal but you know it doesn't matter what path you take yeah no it really <laughs> you know? doesn't i mean you know it's cool to say that but yeah i looked at my dad as i put my pen on the piece of paper and i was like well doesn't matter now yeah <laughs> you know i'm on the same level as all these other guys that got drafted right it's, yeah it's the most important thing is signing that first contract yeah and once you can do that that's all really all you're doing is signing an opportunity yeah and so. you don't have the pressure if like you're drafted in the first or second round there's pressure yeah. on you immediately yeah exactly you know? yeah there's a lot of expectations on those guys so and I think, you know, even though I am a free agent, there definitely is pressure and expectation yeah. because now the LA Kings have invested a lot into yeah. me. So I owe it to them and to myself to put my best foot forward every day so that I can be, you know, the best person, the best goaltender I can be for them yeah. because, you know, they've taken a big a big chance on me. So, you know, I owe it to them as, as much as I do to myself to, to perform. Yeah. And you, you played in Kamloops, you said. Did you play with Jermaine Lowen? 
Um, yeah, me guess, and yeah. me and Jermaine. Yeah, we were actually yeah. uh, we sat beside each other on the bus. Uh, oh, okay. his first year, my second year. Yeah, so. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I know Jermaine very well, and actually, uh, me and Jermaine, uh, we lived together in the summers for for the past three summers. We've been roommates up in uh, Kelowna, British Columbia, training off the ice. So, wow, so yeah. that's a small world. Yeah. I bet you guys never thought, I mean, obviously, yeah. he's Vegas and you're, you're L.A., that yeah. you guys would come together in Yeah, Florida. well, I would have never thought either, and yeah. I mean, obviously, this summer, looking at Manchester Folding, I knew there'd yeah. be a new affiliation, but... I had no idea it would end up being the exact same yeah. as Vegas, right? Because he's got a deal with Chicago now, and sure enough, uh, I think we met up first time. It would have been in December now, but yeah. Uh, but when yeah. you guys, when you found out that you, you know, that Fort Wayne was now, you know, partnering with both, did you guys like, hey, we could be in Fort Wayne together? Or yeah, it was actually. Yeah. I think I texted him my first week down here. I was like, hey, how's Camp going? Are you coming? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I hope you don't for your sake, right? Because everybody yeah. wants to be at the highest level. Yeah. But I was like, hey, if you come, yeah, we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, that's cool. You see, that's you know, you, it's nice to see, you go into the dressing room and you got a familiar face, and yeah, I'm sure it was nice for Jermaine too because he didn't know anybody yeah exactly you know? it, it it makes it easier when you when you know a few guys that always helps out so yeah yeah so who are you rooming with you didn't get jermaine as a roommate no i no. didn't get i didn't get manners a roommate uh i'm living with uh chase right now okay stewie are roommates so it's been good um <laughs> stewie just got a dog so <laughs> i you know what i gotta get stewie in here because stewie i, I know he got a dog he walked into a pet store where my daughter works yeah. And she called me. He's like, hey, Stewie was in here getting stuff for his dog. So yeah. I'm, I'm a dog person, so i got to get out the scoop on the dog. Yeah, yeah. You'd probably want to ask him a few more questions. Yeah, yeah. But uh, would he have to clear that with you? You're his roommate. Um, He asked me, and to be honest, I've always liked dogs. <laughs> right. And I was like, you know what? If you want a dog, get a dog. It'll be fine. Yeah, we'll you could we'll be figure allergic. it out. But he could be allergic. He could. Yeah. You know, uh, we'll figure it out as we go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what kind of dog did he get? Um, It's it's a breed of a pit bull. It okay. might be a Brit bull. I asked him, but I I don't even yeah. know for sure. But yeah. but you don't have but you babysitting isn't your forte is dog sitting. Dog sitting is, is, in your wheelhouse? is better. It's easier because I can just sit with the dog on the couch and I can pet her and I can take her for a walk if I need. That's not too tough. So so cool. Yeah. So yeah, I know when uh, when Maynard came here, uh, you know he was going back and forth. He he didn't really wasn't living anywhere. He was living out of a hotel, and then mm-hmm. it was like, all right, I'm going to be here a while. Who could I crash with? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah. it hit you guys up to sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, luck, luckily, uh, you know, the organization does a good job at figuring out our living. Um, but, you know, I think for him, it can't be easy. I mean, I did it a lot last year, living out of a hotel and living yeah. out of a suitcase. And, yeah. you know, it's a, it's an adjustment. I mean, you come from playing junior hockey where you have a billet family for four right. or five years, right? So, you know, at least even if you're a bit all over the map, you always have a home to be in, you yeah. know, a house and, um, there's people around. So pro hockey is a lot different. I mean, when you're living out of that hotel and it's your first time on your own, yeah. and, you know, there's nobody making you meals. There's nobody doing anything for you. It's uh, it's a big adjustment. So I think, you know, for him to be down here and be a little bit settled and, you know, be stable for a little bit, I'm sure he's looking forward to that. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that, that's what people don't realize that you guys are on your own for the first time mm-hmm. and you kind of don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a big <laughs> adjustment, but, uh, it's, uh, it's a lot of fun and I think it's good because you have control over everything you do. Yeah. And, uh, I think that can really translate to a lot of success on the ice. Yeah. And, uh, also having the fan support too, I'd also has got to help. Yeah, there's I, always someone to help you out. Yeah, whether, exactly. Whatever it is, exactly. Even if yeah. you're having a down day, you know you're going to come out in front of yeah. that crowd, and they're all going to be cheering for you no matter what. So yeah, that that helps a lot because you know our schedule is definitely not forgiving, but our fans are there no matter what the schedule is or what the wins and losses are. Um, they're there to support us, and it definitely helps. I, I mean, I think. If you look at what is it, the Seattle Seahawks? They call it the thirteenth man. Yeah. I think we've got a seventh man. Nice. You know, yeah. I, I think we definitely have that out there. Yeah. And uh, that's pretty special. Yeah. And now, as we're recording this, we have three goalies. So you know, that's a, also an interesting situation all on its own because mm-hmm. something doesn't happen every day. You got three goalies, but you guys, I'm sure you probably just feed off each other. It's not a competition thing. Everybody wants to play, but you're also. gentlemanly about it as well (laughs) yeah 100 percent. i think we all get along really well and i think you know competition wise i think we push each other in practice and things like that and you know like you said we do all want to play and at the end of the day we all want the team to succeed and and that's the most important thing so you know whether it's me monster uh fergie stepping into the net you know we're all uh we're all pulling for each other because at the end of the day we just uh we want to win as a team and have success as a team i think 
I think that's what's most important. And uh, I think if we can look at it that way and support each other, I think we're all going to be better off for yeah. it. Now, we don't have a goaltending coach, but obviously Ontario and Los Angeles, they have a goaltending coach, and they'll come down and see you from time to time. So it's also kind of weird because you kind of have your own coach, you know, mm-hmm. even though I'm sure he's going to work with everybody else, but it's still you know, a unique thing where you have your own <laughs> private coach who yeah. comes down and sees you. Yeah, it's, uh, it is definitely different. And, I mean, for me, I have, you know, Matt Miller in uh, Ontario, and then Fergie's got his guy with, yeah. uh, with Vegas, right? So it's uh, – it's definitely a different dynamic, but it's almost kind of nice just because after a game, you know, if you're a player, you got two coaches with legs and Benny for, yeah. you know, the 20 guys on the roster. Yeah. Whereas, you know, for me, you know, Matt can watch the video and I can kind of bounce things off him and he can send me drills and things like that. So it's kind of nice having that, uh, you know, having a bit of a relationship and, you know, being able to be really honest about, you know, my game and things like that. And, discuss different aspects and uh just kind of have a bit of an outlet like that it's uh it's it's unique to the position of goaltending but i think it's incredibly necessary for it just because it is so different and i think it does need the attention that it's finally starting to get yeah yeah now how you know if you have a bad game and everybody has a bad game you know how quickly you know do you get over that um i I don't know if I really let it ever sink in too much. I think I try to use it as a, you know, a learning curve. Um, I mean, you can have a bad game and try and flush it and things like that. And that's what you want to do. But I think it's also important when you do have those bad games to get the video and take a look at it and see, you know, sometimes you weren't as bad as you maybe thought you were. And then there's other times where it's like, okay. Yeah, I was really, really yeah. bad out there tonight, yeah. right? Well, just like like pitching, you know, when you go take a warm up, do you like I- I'm fighting it tonight? I don't know if I got it tonight. Is mm-hmm. it? Do you have that? Does it ever go through your head? Or think, is it like I'm on, I'm on. This is I'm gonna be awesome tonight. You know? Yeah. Well, I think in a 72 game season, there's gonna be nights where you are fighting it and you aren't feeling it. Yeah. But those are the nights where you just gotta stick to your fundamentals and you know everybody has their routines and their habits. And I think those are the nights that's most important to stick on that um, and just trust that your habits will carry you through and it's like a player, you know, you got to just make sure you're doing the right things. And for me, if I'm, even if I'm not feeling it, I just got to make sure I'm hitting my spots, you know, as quick as I can, um, you know, challenging the shooter, staying patient, things like that. You know, if I can just trust everything that I've worked on, you know, that's kind of what carries you through those nights where you maybe are feeling it a bit and you kind of just got to compete and, you know, make sure your effort level doesn't change. Even yeah. If maybe you're not feeling the flow as much. Yeah. But then there's nights where I feel really good and then you, were, you know, give up eight, you know? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like, hey, like, I felt so good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what and, happened? and stuff like that does happen. It's, that's part of hockey. But, uh, you know, that's that's why I say that's why it's so important to have those habits and those routines because yeah. if, if you can stick to your habits and, and just keep your work ethic and your intensity the same, you know, and just make sure you're controlling the controllable things. Yeah. You know, you can't always con- control the schedule and, right. you know, the five-hour bus trip the night before and things like that and yeah. how much sleep you get. But, you know, you can always control your attitude and your energy. And yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Now, how soon do you know when you're going to start a game? Um, I mean, because some coaches are day of, day before. It, you know, it depends. Look at I the mean, schedule. You're starting here. You're starting there. You're starting there. Yeah, it it definitely depends. I mean, there's some days we'll walk into the room and the lineup will be on the board and you'll see your name up <laughs> yeah. there. And then the next time, you know, Benny might tell us a couple days before. Yeah. So uh, it always changes. So it's kind of weird. I mean, you do have to kind of keep in the same mindset. At all yeah. Time. And I think, you know, even if you're not starting, for me at least, my routine doesn't really change, right? Yeah. Because, well, I think a good example would be Sunday, right? You yeah, know, Fergie ends up, he's got a flu bug and he ends up being sick and he can't continue playing, right? So even before the game as a backup, I kind of got to prepare the same because, you know, he might have pulled a growing in warm-ups. Right, right. And I got to go in to start, right? So, you know, yeah. basically every single game day has to be somewhat the same routine. Yeah. Just so that no matter what happens, you can be ready. Yeah. Because once you get called upon, you're in the net. Nobody really cares that you were sitting there for however long. Yeah. You're just out there now trying to help the team succeed. Yeah. So I think it's important to stay with those routines and to stay prepared no matter what. And how hard is it to go in cold like that? Um, It's, you know, people always say how hard is it, and it's definitely not easy. But at the same time, I think, you know, it's just part of it. And you kind of have to accept it, and you can – you can start getting in your head about it and say, you know what, oh, this isn't going to be easy. This is going to suck. This is going to be hard. But, you know what, 
you're in the game now and, and like I've touched on a lot now is you know just stick to your habits and stick to your yeah. routines right and uh, that's all you can really do and you know once you get that first save all right I'm yeah. in the game yeah that you know, helps, that, that's yeah. what you want you just want to get yeah. that first save exactly you know? yeah yeah and once you get that you're kind of you kind of hit the ground running and yeah and then you're gone from there yeah so, so when you're not starting when you're on the bench uh, especially like well in other buildings you don't get to sit on the bench like in wheeling you're off on a, you know across the rink you yeah. know so how can you stay focused when you're like across the rink when you're like uh, you know kind of twiddling your thumbs yeah and, you know I, you know you can't it's easy to when you're on the bench you're obviously in the thick of things and you mm -hmm. can hear everything and know what's going on but uh, like in a place like wheeling you're on the other side so it's kind of hard to you know feel like you're even involved in anything yeah you definitely you don't feel as much part of it especially for me i I'd say I'm more vocal on the bench. Yeah. Um, I like that helps, helps me stay in the game quite a bit, but I think the best thing I can do when I'm not on the bench is just make sure I'm tuned into the game and what's happening out yeah. there and just kind of make sure I'm watching everything and, you know, watching for details, what other guys are doing, you know, maybe not always on the puck, but maybe away from the puck and yeah. things like that. And just kind of studying them because, you know, you got to make it almost like a pre-scout, you yeah. know, yeah. you're kind of just watching yeah. them and what they're doing and just, you know, staying focused on the game and not starting to look into the stands yeah. and things like that. Yeah. Do you turn into another coach then at that point? Like it, intermissions, are you telling, you know, guys things that you're seeing or, you or know, is it like, oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to cross that line. I don't, I don't like to mess with it too much. <laughs> I think, I think I, I leave that up to Benny and legs. Yeah. They're, they're the coaches. They yeah. do the coaching, but if guys have questions for me, you know, where to shoot on a guy or things like that, I'll always try and help them out. But um, unless someone asks me, I'm, I'll just kind of keep my mouth shut, you know, it's it's the coach's job to do right. the coaching, right? So, yeah, yeah. You, you want know. to be helpful, but you don't want to exactly, overstep. <laughs> exactly, right? So I just try to be a good teammate as best I can, and and uh, go from there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what else we got? Goalie stuff. Uh, your mask. How do you go about? Let's talk about the mask. What does it go about getting the paint on there? What's the thought process? Um, well, for me, so you got an, you got an LA one. Yeah. So of course, you know, you signed that that big deal. Oh, I'm getting the LA one. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna show off a little bit. Yeah. yeah. Well, I <laughs> honestly, I didn't want to get anything LA on it because really? I didn't. Well, I didn't want to show up to camp and then have them looking <laughs> at me like, what's this guy thinking? And then I talked to the mask artist and I told him what I wanted. And he kind of came back with a design the first year, and I was like, well, this is like all kings and. I talked to our trainer and he's like, you know, like, is this like, okay. And he's like, well, you're on a contract yeah. with the LA Kings. So yeah, yeah. you may as well get everything. Right. But, so I was like, all right, sounds good to me. Right. Yeah. So, um, ended up doing that. But for me, the biggest thing about a mask is I like to keep it as team oriented as possible yeah. because, you know, I think some guys kind of go off on their own page and make it have a personal. lot of, yeah, personal, yeah. a lot of random things on yeah. it. And I always think it should kind of fit the uniform. And right. So I think team oriented is better this year. I just have two big crowns on each side and then LA up the middle. Um, and my initials on the chin. And then I always just do a little bit more on the back plate. Um, I have a little tractor on there and then a little cross and uh, a Bible verse. So I always kind of let the back plate be a little yeah. bit more personal because, you know, it's yeah. easier. Just it's on the back of your body. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. You yeah. See it. <laughs> and, uh, and then I just try and keep the mask a little bit more uh, team oriented. Yeah. And, you know, it's not like the old days where you had the you know, full face gear where you can yeah. <laughs> do whatever you want. Now every, every mask looks the same now, you yeah. know, you know yeah. they're all, they're all uniform. So have you ever taken a shot like in a really odd place where you've like, you've tried to make sure everything is still attached. Cause I used to do that when I would take a shot right off the mask, scare the crap out of you. But even though, you know, you've got a mask, everything is cool. Yeah. You're still checking, make sure everything is there. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been hit hard quite a few times. Um, obviously every guy gets hit once in a while and the yeah. straps pop off. Yeah. Um, I was actually in a practice in Ontario after my first call up and I took a one timer. It would have been right off the chin, but I'd never been hit that hard and that square in the face. Yeah. And I like had to take a breath because it's almost like in the movies when a bomb goes off. Yeah. Like everything was quiet. I couldn't hear people Your talking popped, to me yeah. and my ears were ringing yeah. and stuff like that. And I was like, like my head's fine. I, I'm looking around. Everything's good. But I was like, I can't really hear anything right now. So I was like, maybe I should step out of the net for a little bit just to gather yeah. myself. But that's really the only time I've ever been hit so hard in the head that I've been like, oh, okay, maybe I should take a breath and yeah. make sure everything's okay. Yeah, that in the throat would always also freak yeah. me out too, you know. Yeah, the throat, the throat's not good. I, yeah. uh, I wear that plastic piece yeah. now. But when I was younger, I didn't. And I was actually doing a goalie session. I got hit like oh, straight really? to the neck, oh. right above my neck guard. And oh. uh, 
that was not good. That was a moment where I thought I was going to die. That, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause like I couldn't breathe. I got up and I was wheezing. I was like, Oh, like, I've never had, like I've never experienced, I've had the wind knocked out of me, Yeah. but I've never experienced not being able to breathe, like not being right. able to take a breath. Right. Like, that's something we take for granted every day. Yeah. And when that's gone, even if it's for five seconds or 10 seconds, like that's full panic mode. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a time where it's not fun. <laughs> oh. so, so you said it was like a clinic, you said? It wasn't? Uh, it was just a goalie, goalie session. Goalie se- yeah, oh, okay. It was just me and the goalie coach. We were out there okay. one-on-one and had two shooters, and I was coming across my glove side, and I was kind of sprawled out. Yeah. And the way the puck came back, came at the right angle, um, that it just kind of slipped between my chest protector, my yeah. neck guard, and my mask. Like, it hit such a low percentage area right but of course yeah caught, caught just the right just spot right, just right? right. Yeah, yeah yeah you see that from time to time you can google horror horrific goalie yeah. <laughs> injuries too you know yeah. it, it happens but i suppose you now if you would tell your mom that something like that happened would she make you retire oh no mom knew it happened and the worst <laughs> part was it was my brother who shot the puck <laughs> so he felt terrible you know he felt terrible yeah, but after that, I put the little plastic attachment on, and I've never had an issue. So. Yeah, yeah, so cool. So, all right, man. Well, this is a good time. Glad you made it in. Uh, mm-hmm. Glad you're here, and uh, it's your first podcast, right? Yeah, first podcast. All right, so. so hope it was memorable. Yeah, no, it was great. It was great. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Thanks a lot. Cole Kaler. Say it with me. Cole Kaler. I know we all have to relearn that. It's it's Kaler, not Keeler. I want to thank Cole for coming in. And, of course, I'd like to apologize to him uh, for everybody mispronouncing his name this whole time. But it has been corrected. That's a good thing uh, that everything can be fixed. So uh, it has been. So Cole Kaler. Uh, so it's, I'm not mispronouncing it. I'm actually doing it right now. So uh, thanks, Cole, for coming on in. Uh, interesting story. It was a great interview. And uh, you know, hopefully have him back maybe on later on the season. Uh, once we get uh, closer to the playoffs, maybe we get uh, maybe even a little better feel of how he's doing because it looks like he could be the man here because he is getting awfully good. So Cole Kaler, I want to thank him for coming on in. I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. New episode next week. I have been your host, Shane Alberani, and you've been listening to the Huntington University Comets Podcast.